My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Noam Ryder. I hope that's how you pronounce your last name, Ryder. Raider. Yeah. No, I'm Raider. That's perfect. No, I'm Raider. Okay. <laughs> you never know until you introduce someone on the show and you're like, oh, wait, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we are here with Naum Ryder, and um, she is a medical student based in Toronto, influencer, TikToker, um, has an amazing, amazing social presence full of wellness and health, and I cannot wait to talk to you today because you are a hub full of knowledge. Your page on social media is so fun to watch and listen to, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Definitely a huge fan of your podcast and everything you talk about. So really excited to chat today. Oh, thank you so much. So I want to hear all about your story because we just did the episode for your podcast where I was rambling on about my story and my meditations and all that stuff. But I want to hear about your story. I was reading about you this morning and I heard that you, or I read something that you had a brain tumor when you were younger. And that's what motivated you to get into med school and become a doctor, which is so inspiring and such a beautiful story. So I would love to hear if you're comfortable sharing a little bit about that, about your, your upbringing, how you got into wellness and health and kind of what has constructed, um, every, you know, you, how, how you became Mm -hmm. you. That's what I want to know. Yeah. I feel like one of the most common questions I get is why do you choose to go into medicine to go to medical school? And what I've realized this answer is kind of threefold. I feel like I made the decision three separate times in my life and all for different reasons, but all equally as important. Like you mentioned, the first one was when I was about five years old, just under, I had recently immigrated to Canada with my family and shortly after diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, I was five. So I talk about this with little first-hand recollection of it. There's, of course, memories in my mind, but a lot of it is stories that my parents have told me and things that I've kind of put together um, from those initial days in the hospital. Um, so from there, a few different surgeries, a um, couple years of chemotherapy, and essentially because of the location of the cancer in my brain stem, you can't just remove the whole thing. So it kind of then becomes treated more so like a cancer rather than just a benign tumor, which is what it was. Um, so yeah, definitely felt the effects of chemotherapy and just the effects of really growing up in a hospital for the most part, spending a lot of my days there until I was maybe eight. And then even after that monthly appointments for several years and such, and definitely during those years, even if I was literally six to seven years old, I think it really formed my opinion of how important it is to have a compassionate and good physician compared to some not so good ones that I had. I think I really noticed that difference and really recognized that that made a huge impact on my day as a patient, especially as a pediatric patient. And the things that I remember 
hospital visits were never the exact names of the drugs they were giving me, or even like side effects of the treatments I was having. That's not really what stuck to my mind when I was a kid. It was the daily interactions, the little things that people did to really make my day. And once I was kind of getting out of this more, these more troublesome years, kind of like I said, till I was eight, I would start to tell my family, like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up. And they were like, okay, cute. Sure. For whatever, if you want, parents are always very supportive, but never really put too much weight to it. I was, I was literally eight. Um, and everyone of course has a million different careers they come up with at that age, but that's where it first started. So that was kind of my first decision to enter medical school, but then I grew up and went to middle school, high school, and I was always more of a creative person, always really loved reading and English and art, dance, all that kind of stuff. I was always like, okay, at science and math, wasn't really struggling, but never really piqued my interest, always rather be creating and just hanging out with friends, kind of thought about medicine for a good chunk of my life. And then in high school, I think like end of high school only, I kind of decided to stick back to this path. We had one lecture in my science class that was about cancer and tumors. And that kind of reignited that passion in me as well. And I decided that I did want to go to medical school, but I also realized to do that, I was going to have to start being a better science and math student as it wasn't something that necessarily came supernaturally to me. Um, But I started working really hard and got my grades up. And that also showed me that I'm totally capable of achieving whatever I wanted. And that I think was reinforcing to me and kind of my perspective in this field, because it's a difficult path to try to get into med school or any professional school. And I think that realization at 15 or 16, that if I work hard, I can achieve something really continue to motivate me as well. Mm-hmm. And then the third reason I think that, um, or if that I found myself in the medical field, I think I actually made once I was already in medical school. So I'm now in my last year and When I was in my first year, I went into medical school for the reasons I mentioned, my passion for helping patients, for advocating for them, being a compassionate physician, helping people like I was when I was five or six. Um, And then the second reason for just being fascinated by the science and enjoying the gratification of working hard and seeing your goals come to the light. But when I was already in medical school, already in the lectures, I started to realize the big gaps that I saw in the medical field, especially in talking about preventative medicine, the importance of lifestyle factors. I always grew up in a household that really emphasized the importance of eating healthy, staying active, staying mentally well. And none of that was really spoken about. I mean, I don't want to say it was never spoken about. They'll mention things like the importance of diet, but I remember we had one optional lecture on nutrition in medical school career, which to me, I find so mind boggling as what you eat has such a direct correlation to your health, both preventatively and in some cases as a treatment, but no one really spoke about it. And same goes for exercise and same goes for mental wellness, both for our patients, but also for the healthcare providers with the just increasing rates of burnout and mental illness and med students, physicians, other healthcare providers like nurses and so on. And again, they would mention these things, but it's such a surface level, but it never really felt genuine. And I also started to feel the effects myself of the burnout that this field provides. And these instances are what led to kind of my third inspiration to enter the medical field. And the one that I think is keeping me going is to start to change that narrative, 
and focus on medicine from a holistic and preventative perspective and still integrating these Western medicine ideals because I am a firm believer that they can be so important and save so many lives. But instead of dividing the world into the quote unquote spiritual people and the quote unquote science people, really realizing that there can be such an important intersection that can benefit both sides so greatly. That's, so that was my long-winded answer. No, that's so insightful. my story and why I'm in medical school. I love that. That's so insightful. And to be honest with you, that's where I stand as well. It's kind of in the middle, like Eastern and Western medicine both have their place. And the people that are so one way or the other are missing out on the potential. So I, I couldn't agree more. And um that's that's really cool of you to, you know, to want to bring that into the health space. And so is your goal to become a doctor and stay in Canada and and maybe create your own practice or or something like that one day? Yeah. So I'm now in final year medical school, which means that for people who aren't familiar with the medical school process, I know it's like something that only once you're in it, you kind of realize how it works. But after school, you match to a residency program, which is where you're already a quote unquote doctor, have MD degree, but you still uh, practice under supervision and you train for another two to five plus years in Canada, depending on the specialty. Um, so I'm now in the process of applying to those residency programs and hopefully matching to a family res- family medicine residency program starting next year. And then I'll have years of that. And then, yeah, definitely my long-term goals are to open a practice and practice medicine clinically, but also continue to advocate for these things on a larger scale through social media, through other platforms, um, because I think that that can be a huge aspect of medicine as well. And the component of leadership is really important to me too. Mm-hmm. Because you are killing it on TikTok, on Instagram. You're growing very quickly. Thank too. you. For everyone listening that is in social media, potentially wants to wants to grow on social media, what kind of advice would you give? Because you are smashing it. You're getting so many views on TikTok. You're growing very quickly. I'd love to know your top tips for social media growth in 2022. So I think my biggest tip, and it sounds pretty cheesy, and I almost hate saying it because people are like, yeah, okay, whatever, but is to remain authentic to yourself and why you're on social media. I think in 2022 and 2021 and 2020, everyone and anyone can become a social media influencer, especially with the advent of TikTok and now Reels that are really letting anyone go viral, which I think can be a huge tool and really great to amplify anyone's voice. But I want to become an influencer. And what I've noticed is more and more people coming into the influencer. And of course, I won't get into whether or not we like that word, but the content creation space for the sole reason of being a content creator. And when I say that, I mean for getting free stuff, for working with brands, for all those benefits, which of course are great and fun. And I won't deny that. But what's really going to set you apart in this really oversaturated world, like whether you're a fashion content creator or a wellness content creator or anything else, there are so many other people who are doing the exact same thing. And what I've realized is there's always going to be someone who's going to do it better than me too. Like as much as I'm great at taking photos of my matcha or my oatmeal or me in the mirror, there's someone who's better at that, right? So what's going to set you apart? And this kind of brings into the conversation of finding your niche on social media, which is something we hear all the time of kind of pick your thing and stick to it because that's what people are going to like you for. That's what they're going to come back for. But in my experience, I feel like I never did for the 
plain reason of I couldn't find a niche that I could really fit myself into that box. I did a lot of wellness content creation, something I'm super passionate about, but there's also this whole other side of me in medical school. And I also like fashion and I also like talking about anything else in between. And I definitely have realized at times that maybe that makes it more confusing, makes my followers not know kind of what they're getting with me. But at the end of the day, I feel like the people who I genuinely have connected with social media know me for me. And it also reminds people that you're more than just this one thing, this one person you put on social media, you are a whole being and allows people to really connect with you more. So that's my long answer of come into it for the right reasons and stay true to yourself while finding ways to really differentiate yourself in this really oversaturated market. Yeah, absolutely. So what have some of your biggest videos been and have you been surprised that some have done really well? Um, Because I've always heard that one because I actually want to get into more posting reels and TikToks. I feel like I'm just kind of starting, um, but you're doing so many and doing them so well. I'd, I'd love to know, like, is the algorithm like weird? Like how, are the ones that you don't expect to do really well, the ones that do well um, or what's kind of the vibe? <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bit of that, of the things you never think you're going to do well, do well. The times where I'm literally in my car after a shift with no makeup on and I just like hold my phone up, do one take and put it up with like a quick caption. And then the next day I'm starting to get thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of views of literally what took me three seconds versus every like it's been two days on making, we'll get like 10,000 views on a good day. Um, so definitely that's an aspect of it. I think personally what I've noticed does the best in terms of virality on reels and TikToks. And I'm kind of not here nor there on whether I, I like this fact about the apps or not, but it's always the stuff that's a little bit controversial, something that gets people to talk about, something to talk about. And I always find it funny because when people leave negative comments on my videos, they're not realizing they're really just helping my video do better. Like, thank you so much for, for stirring the controversy in my comments. Um, but a lot of the videos I feel like that have gone pretty viral have been talking about um, topics such as maintaining balance while in medical school or really any other busy professional life. It's something I talk about a lot. And that being a good medical student also means that you take time for yourself. And it doesn't mean that you have to study as much as you can. And I'll get commenting, well, I don't want my doctor to do anything but study because then they don't know enough and they can't be a good doctor. And yes, at a time, those negative comments can get to me, but then I really realize that's not true. And again, thank you so much for letting my content do well. Um, I feel like other controversial topics have been speaking about what professionals can wear, what they can't wear, if the way you look or how you dress defines your intelligence or your professionalism. They're really heated about that. Lots of sex men in my comments. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's also important to emphasize that those viral videos are great for growth. But I think the consistent videos, the ones that really provide value to your target audience, to your committed following, those are the ones that make the biggest impact. And I think as well in terms of brands and other people in the social media space are starting to notice that as well. Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree more. And people on the internet, like, yeah, we can leave oh, it at that. People on the internet, people on the internet. It it used to really affect me as well. You know, like just thinking about all these insanely negative people, and especially like if I post something about manifesting my dream life, you know, I'll get a few comments sometimes from people being like, you know, like, oh, like 
daddy's money. And I'm like, actually, no, not at all. (laughs) And it's just funny because some people can't comprehend that young women, a lot of the time can do something like medical school, like create their own business. Like, you know, all this, Mm -hmm. this chatter is, is, you know, it's kind of alarming sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, we do us and um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So other than medical school, what are like, I would love to know like what, what are your routines? Like, like in the morning, what do you do when you wake up before bed? Like what are some of your healthy routines, especially with a demanding, uh, you know, school, a schooling job at the moment? Mm-hmm. I think something that I didn't really consider before entering medical school and what I found a lot of people who aren't in the medical system don't really know about or take into account. And of course, that's not in like a rude way. You're not expected to know. But when you're in medical school, as well as residents, you're switching rotations every like two to four weeks. So sometimes in the same hospital, but often completely new hospital, completely new team, completely new service, new knowledge, new times that you start, new times that you finish. And when I started my clerkship years of medical school, so the years where we're really working in practice, that was a super hard adjustment for me because over the pandemic, especially, I really became like my morning routine was my holy grail. I had to do it every single day. My night routine was my holy grail. And I think for a lot of us, that's really what kind of kept us afloat through those tough months in 2020. But all of that kind of got ripped out from under me when I had no routine. And sometimes I was waking up at five and sometimes at six, sometimes at seven, Um, sometimes working overnight, sometimes working 25 hours and so on. So all of that to be said, I'm still a huge proponent of a morning routine. And when I'm on rotation that allows that, I definitely stick to it. Things like journaling every day, um, really trying to get at least five minutes of mindfulness or meditation, even if it's just sitting in bed, Um, a workout when I can in the mornings, that's not always possible. And of course, eating a healthy breakfast. Those are kind of my core morning routine principles. But I've also had to, in the sense, shift away from that too and think of like, what are my wellness non-negotiables in my everyday life? And even when I'm having super busy rotation, what are the things I definitely want to stick to? And also becoming more flexible in my thinking of that. So do I need to work out every day or is one workout a week better than none? Um, but it's it's really taught me to think of what's really essential. And so that being said, some of the same things I've said, but Movement is huge for me and my mental health. Definitely try to get some form of movement every day. Also recognizing that 10 minutes of a workout or a 10 minute walk is better than nothing. That's been a huge um, mind shift change for me as well. That's helped me. Um, The other one is definitely eating a healthy meal, still cooking my meals as much as I can or finding healthy options when I eat out. I know as a student, I would often kind of opt for freezer meals or just doing takeout every day. And it just doesn't make me feel my best. And even if you really just want to be productive and study, personally, I'm not productive when I'm feeling really sluggish and heavy from an unhealthy meal. So really trying to prioritize that as much as I can. Um, And then the final one is any sort of mindfulness activities, whether it's journaling or meditation, but again, just doing as much as you can and not penalizing yourself if it's not perfect. And it's not the perfect aesthetic morning routine you're seeing on TikTok or Instagram, because that's not always going to be realistic for a lot of us. Well said, very, very well said. Well, where can everyone find you and follow you on Insta, TikTok, and wherever else you are on socials? For sure. Um, my ad is Noam R Wellness, both on Instagram and TikTok. It's also my website. There's not too much on there other than directing you to my socials, but you can find there as well. 
And yeah, that's about it. My podcast is You Are Not Too Busy podcast as well, but that'll be linked to my socials too.